Thanks for listening to UTIA's Call of the Week. I'm Ginger Rousey. I have two guests today, Dr. Larry Steckel and Dr. Scott Stewart. Thank you both for being with us. Hey, Ginger. Larry, we, we already did one Call of the Week we this did. week. Earlier, it seems like a long time yeah. ago, talking about burn on cotton. We've had a lot of topics going on this week, though, and, and two more very important topics that we really want to get out this week. And uh, thrips infestation, of course, has been really heavy this year, Scott. We want to get to that. But I guess the lead story uh, of the day is the big announcement that came out late yesterday uh, about the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals um, vacating the registrations of three of our dicamba products. Sure, yeah, that just came out, and I think we know less on that <laughs> than what Scott certainly does on thrips and managing them. But, uh, yeah, that just happened late last night. Uh, they vacated Agenia, uh, Extended Max, and Fexapan, and apparently effective immediately. So now the ball is in the EPA's court, uh, and we haven't heard from them yet. So I just got off the phone from the Tennessee Department of Ag, and really it's business as usual, uh, spraying those products until the EPA gives word to the TDA who's going to tell us. So short term, that's kind of where we are. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, the other fourth one that is labeled in extend soybeans and cotton is Tavium. Yeah, why, did, why is Tavium not part of this? Uh, part of it was timing. Uh, they didn't get registered till 2019. The others were in 2018, and that's when the lawsuit got kicked off. Okay. So they, they're just not in the mix there, and that's, that's the reason for that. So Tavium is not affected by this. The other three are, though. But there's a lot of information going out today in news reports that may be a little misleading, and there's some headlines saying that uh, the court has banned the sale of dicamba, and you're saying not necessarily is that true yet. Yeah, no, it's just those three products. So the, it, my best understanding, and I'm not a lawyer, that's for sure, but uh, is, is, you know, the old Banvilles and Clarities, uh, Struts, Sterling Blues, uh, that we use every day are still going to be be marketed. Mm -hmm. and, and and no effect on the seed technology because there are some reports about that, that farmers will not be able to plant the seeds. Obviously, that doesn't have anything to do with this. No, this that's seed. a whole different, okay. that's the USDA, mm -hmm. uh, that's not the EPA. So, okay. yeah, they don't even talk much, it sounds like. So, you're, what you're hearing is just to continue business as usual, go on with what you're planning to do. Um, until you hear differently from the Tennessee Department of Agriculture. From the Tennessee Department of Agriculture. And then I guess we're going to have to look at Plan B's in cotton. It's pretty easy. We can come back with Liberty. Uh, and, you know, then we got we can run hoods. I know nobody wants to, but you can run hoods. We've got some good options there. And soybeans, I don't have any good answers. Uh, the Flexstar Blazers really don't work well on the on our Palmer Amaranth, but that's about all we've got. Uh, so load up on your pre's. Uh, try and overlay, you know, a dual or residual or warrant, whatever you got in, you know, in hand. Get a little rain on them, get them activated. Okay, Scott. Of course, you would have been the top story, but you know, Larry well, I've trumped a, I've you again. I got a question for Larry. Oh, well, you ask a question. <laughs> because a lot of times when labels are vacated, even if they stop and cancel the label, you can use things, supplies you already have on yeah. your shelf. Yeah. And I don't know if there's been any comments about that yet. Yeah, in fact, I just I just got off the phone with Tennessee Department of Ag folks, and that was kind of their question because a lot of times that does happen, and that may happen in this case too, where they're grandfathered in. But the way they were a little concerned because the way that thing's worded by the court, it it may pull the plug on a period. But gosh, the logistics of that. 
mm-hmm. than somebody's shop, really. You know, how are you going to go get it? Right. Yeah. So, so a lot more, a lot of unknowns still. Really, there um, are. But did they give any timeline of when when we might hear? No, no, no. one's heard anything. So we, we've know. heard the word prompt, but prompt, and you define that, is that <laughs> days, weeks, months. I don't know. Uh, but prompt was in in the in quotes. Yeah. Okay. Well, Scott, we do want to get to your topic, which yeah. is very important too, and that's thrips infestation. We've had a bad year for that. Yeah, they're really rocking and rolling right now. Yeah, and if, in case you haven't seen Scott's uh, blog post that accompanies this, go ahead and you can say the title. I don't know, it said like Thrips Be Rolling or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> you came up with it, so. Yeah. And they, they, they really are. And, you know, I mentioned before, I think we did a podcast about this Thrips Infestation Predictor for Cotton. Mm-hmm. And it's been telling us that early June was going to be a really, you know, big window for our Thrips flight. And normally that'd be good because a lot of our cotton would be almost past Karen. But with the weather we've had this year, we have a lot of cotton that's just emerging up to the first, second true leaf. And that's when it's most susceptible to thrips. And we've got a lot of tobacco thrips in particular flying around. And I will just say my test plots, which were planted last, you know, 20, 22nd, 3rd of May, it's as bad as I've had. It's, mm. it's really pretty serious thrips injury if there's no treatment on there. And there's still ample injury where we have a treatment. Yeah, you having issues with treatment, like resistance with the thrips? Yeah, we definitely have issues, and we've known for a while we have some level of neonic resistance, and that's why we don't use uh, Cruiser anymore, and imidacloprid's not as good as it used to be. And one of the topics I'll talk about in a minute is we're seeing some resistance to some of our foliar-applied insecticides, and in particular, acephate's a big one that's that's plaguing us. But uh, really, you know, this cotton is most susceptible to thrips injury, that first true leaf stage, and this time of year, it goes from first to third true leaf stage really, really quickly. So if you're not timing things right, you're not going to get your maximum benefit from it. Uh, I think the the calls I've had this week is because I, I have been starting to recommend that maybe we should avoid using acetate because it's not working as well. And what I'm suggesting based on my data is that people use Intrepid Edge. That product is considerably more expensive, and so people don't want to do it. And it's understandable considering the commodity prices. And you know, uh, I think there's going to be some people trying it, but the truth is, it's just better. And you know, based on my data, it's not like asphate's a complete swing and a miss, but it's going to take two applications to do what one application of Intrepid Edge would do. And so I'm starting to push people to at least give it a try. And that's what I'm really here to say is, you know, start looking at this Intrepid Edge product. Compare it to your acephate because we've got clear resistance now that we're seeing resistance to acephate. It's overlapping at least a little bit with our other OPs like Bidrin. And I'm not expecting Bidrin to work very well either. Uh, I've had a number of people talk about upping the rate. You know, well, we'll make acephate a higher rate and it's still cheaper than this Intrepid Edge product. And that may be true, but I think Larry can speak to this. When you get resistance, you don't typically overcome it with a high rate. No. You know, you're not going to kill Palmer now with a 2x rate of glyphosate. It just you know, slows it down a little bit. It's mm-hmm. just almost not worth it. And you just end up having to come back and spray again. And, you know, the old adage is the, the worst application, the one, the most expensive application is the one that doesn't work. Uh, Are you seeing it all over, or is it worse in some localized spots? Well, this acephate problem has really been centered in West Tennessee for the last several years, but now talking with my counterparts in other states, they're starting to see some similar issues where acephate as a seed treatment, acephate as a foliar spray is just not comparing as well to 
a product like Intrepid Edge. I would say that I'd say there's a little advantage to Bidrin over Acephate in terms of a foliar application. It creates a little bit of a potential risk for more burn with some of our mixes. And also not all the dicamba labels include Bidrin. I think, if I remember right, Extendamax does not, but Ingenia does. does yeah. And that is a problem with Intrepid Edge, is it's not on the approved tank mix partner, partner. with any of these. And, and that's because it's really not intended for the thrips market. Oh, really? it, it, it's really a, a product we use in soybean for worm control, but one of the components of that product is called Spinetaram, and it's pretty active on thrips. Uh, the product by itself is called Radiant, but it's sold in the vegetable market, and it's way more expensive than Intrepid Edge at a comparable rate. Mm-hmm. So people that are using it are using Intrepid Edge just because it's it's cheaper. Radiant, by the way, is also not on the approved tank mix <laughs> label <laughs> list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, unfortunately, I don't think there's any. I, I, there's no, probably no problem with mixing these other than it's not legal. Mm-hmm. I, it's just not everything's been added to that list. Yeah. Well, even the ones that we've been mixing that was our topic earlier yeah. this week we're seeing a lot of burn because you're trying to mix a lot of these in, uh, yeah. insecticides and the and i was more thinking about orthene because that's been traditional but these others sound like they're a little different yeah yeah and you know bidrin it's an ec formulation and we've kind of always seen some burn if you got it with another yeah. ec formulation uh dimethoate's famous for causing a little bit of burn and and i probably wouldn't recommend it if you're already worried about herbicide injury uh, this Intrepid Edge, I don't think so. It's not an EC. I think it'd be very unlikely it would cause much additional burn. And, and really, aspect it causes very little yeah. additional burn. So we're recording this on Thursday, June 4th. So moving forward, I mean, early June is almost behind us. So how? Mm. what's our window yeah. here for getting something done? Or at what point do you just let yeah. it go? Yeah, well, you almost bumped me for Larry's story. And I said... <laughs> And said, I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're going to bump me until next week. And I said, it's going to be over by next yeah. week. And yeah. that's that's really the case for any of our late cotton, for the most part, unless it's really late, it's going to be kind of out of the window where uh-huh. we have an opportunity to do something by it, about it. And, you know, again, it's that first, second true leaf stage that's really critical. We, we'd seldom recommend treating thrips on fourth leaf cotton, for example. It'd have to be very extreme. Okay. Wasn't trying to bump you, but... No, you bumped me. <laughs> Larry trumps you again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I appreciate you all both for being here. And this is going live on the newsletter here in a few minutes. So we're going to try to get this edited and get this out really quickly. Uh, So thanks again for being here. And thank you all out there for listening. We will talk again, maybe multiple times, (laughs) next week. (laughs) 